It's dark in here. It is a spooky, spooky episode today. Rachel's dressed up appropriately. Well, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be irrelevant a week from now, but maybe people can DM Sam Hyde and let them know what they think. Yeah. I'm wearing a theme outfit, mm-hmm. which is different than a costume. Okay. Expand on that idea. Well, I'm wearing a Prada dress that's covered in spiders. Yep. That's a dress? Yeah. Wait, the skirt and it's the shirt are attached? It's a shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a shirt dress from spring, Amazing. summer 2018. It's spidery. Yeah, it's covered in giant spiders. <laughs> okay. And then I have a skeleton earring in. All these things are very spooky, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm not dressed as like anyone else. I'm dressed as a spooky version of myself. <laughs> and maybe that's not as cool as wearing a costume or maybe it's better than wearing a costume. Can you guys guess what my costume is? Um, Sam Hine, your brother. <laughs> <laughs> you're twin. You can't hustle it. You can't make believe. You're calm. You're Ram Dass. No, I'm dressed as the new masculinity. Oh, that's sick. That's really good. I don't get uh, glittery turtleneck. You need a long coat. What kind of turtle? I wore a long coat today. What kind of turtleneck is that? Our Legacy. It's a really nice turtleneck. Is it vintage? No, our legacy. You have to describe it with ASMR know, qualities for the people at it's home. It's current. It's current season. Which yeah. season? Don't, we're not, no ASMR, this is a no ASMR. Do we have to uh, start the show? Uh, Yeah, episode 75 of Corporate Lunch. This is uh, GQ Styles customer service fashion podcast where we tell you who's wearing what, where they bought it, how much they bought it for, and how you can buy it too. And if there's any hope for you. This is the celebrity get the look episode. Just kidding. It's the opposite of that. It's the fine dining episode. Corporate lunch is also a food podcast. That's sort of always been part of part of our beat. And um, so today's fine dining episode is gonna is gonna cover food news. It's gonna cover some of our favorite um, restaurants, places to eat, favorite things to eat. Um, the most expensive meals we we've, we've ever had. The cheapest meals we've ever had. The oh, yeah. Um, various times we've gotten food poisoning from certain fast casual establishments. Curated bowl restaurants. Um, what else is it going to cover? Uh, Peter Luger's Smackdown. Cool nights we've had recently. Yeah. Cool, good times we've had. Recent good times that we've experienced. Future um, good times. Uh, where to begin? There's just so much. Grub Street diets. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Noah, what have you why been eating are, over the past 24 <laughs> hours? Wait, but why are people so obsessed with Grub Street diets? Is it because we've our we've allowed our identities to become too entangled with what we eat? Yeah. I think a lot of people also like are sort of ashamed of their personal Grub Street diets that are like, wow, why do I like eat all this weird shit all the time? And yeah. then they see that other people have very strange like habits as well. Right. Oh, it's they spend reassuring. like 25 like, minutes oh, like, in the morning making coffee. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, someone else was eating like mashed potatoes at like midnight last night. Well, also lo- instant I think, mashed potatoes. So the Grub Street diets have had a major shift, I have to say. Like in the beginning, it was just like any interesting New York person and like what they were eating. Yeah. But it's now just like people who eat insane like people who do the diets clearly are like eating for the mm-hmm. diet it's like very performative it's like kind the, of it's eating. like a sex diaries like right. when you know you're writing sex well, diaries you wanna, you're probably you, trying to have a lot of sex right. <laughs> you do otherwise your it's absolute, not very interesting do your best you do your most sex yeah more sex than usual 
But uh, they yeah, should combine I mean, like... the columns so it's one <laughs> <Right>. column. <laughs> That's amazing. You're so smart. Oh, thanks. I'm an editor, so you know, I just think that way. We have to bleep that out because that's art. We need to do that for GQ <laughs> now. That's like the best idea I've ever heard. Because you know, the food itself isn't really. You need there needs to be like a second, like a companion to the. It's like what did you eat, but also, <laughs> what else did you do? You know. Yeah. yeah. What happened yeah. after? Yeah. <laughs> or before. Or during. Um. <laughs> so is your Grub Street diet? gonna be are you gonna tell us the truth or are you gonna make up are, are you gonna tell us an idealized version of the i'll truth? tell you the truth <laughs> will you guys tell the truth yeah of course i swear to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth okay rachel what was your grub street diet yesterday past 24 hours yeah okay so i don't eat breakfast so nothing <laughs> this is so Boring. shameful <laughs> then That's uh nothing did you have a glass of water yeah did you I take wake, a vitamin i always wake up listen i've read goop since it was founded okay <laughs> i'm a lifelong goop reader and one of the first newsletters was like you Corporate gotta have a goop for men yeah giant <laughs> you gotta have a giant glass of water the first thing when you wake up yeah so uh, i do that okay okay well, then what I temperature have, is the water it's cold all right with Tap. an ice cube Tap. you put ice in it yeah See, this is a crucial Grub Street. You're you're trying you to put blaze. ice in your water in yeah. the morning. Wait, it's <laughs> gonna, the next part is really gonna freak you out. Okay. Then I have three cups of coffee and I put a, an ice cube in the coffee. Oh, I hate when people do that. It's like when babies put ice cubes in their soup. Yeah, well, I'm a big baby because I'll tell of- you what I had for lunch. Yeah, it was butternut squash soup, which Sam hated. He called it he called it uh, squash jizz. <laughs> <laughs> It had the consistency <laughs> of like baby food. That's of fucked gross up. Gross baby food or something. It else. looked under seasoned. It was a sad soup. Yeah, I mean, I, I had. You should I, say I where this, you. Got Rachel it. and I both got Tartine, this. Yeah. Tartine, this tartine. or tartine? I never know. Called tartine. Tartine. Okay. No, it's tartinery. Isn't tartinery the nice place in San Francisco and tartine oh, is right, the shitty right. place in tartine New York? Tartine is the shitty place in Brookfield yeah. Place where we got these eight dollar really gross rough. bland soups. Yeah. Okay. It was also like eight ounces of soup was the large. Yeah, it was really pathetic. It's a um, dollar an ounce, which I so actually then I then I <laughs> went home and I prepared a beautiful meal uh-huh. of harissa chicken with cilantro and some couscous and uh, and some asparagus, which I ate for dinner with my boyfriend. And then an hour later, he made a giant tray of nachos. <laughs> wait you made you made oh like God. a dope like a, a really dope beautiful couple's dinner. home dinner yeah and he followed it up for dessert an hour later with a tray of nachos yes. <laughs> that's incredible respect did he put black olives on the nachos no i love black olives on nachos was it um what all right okay that's it that was the end of the day yeah any beverages um, I had a glass of wine with dinner. What kind of wine? I don't know. Lloyd got it. Did you have an afternoon coffee? What kind of coffee did you have in the morning? Did no, I p- didn't have it. I went with you guys for the afternoon oh, coffee yeah, break, but abstained. I abstained. Um, you didn't have any snacks in between? That was it? No. Did you, you have just... any single individually wrapped Nature Valley bars at any point during the day? No, no. I didn't. No. You didn't take advantage of any con- any of Condé Nast's perfectly fine snack, snack. snack selection? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. We're going to keep this going. Right. Yeah, you're up. So yesterday morning, I woke up and I went to the Odeon for a breakfast meeting. Gangster. Uh, my favorite place to have meetings. Can you tell us who <laughs> you were meeting with? Uh, I was meeting with Michael Hill, the designer of Drake's. Cool. I love the Odeon because I don't have to 
you know, order off the menu. I just like get the same thing every time, which is an omelet with fine herbs, spinach, cheddar cheese, potatoes instead of mixed greens, mm-hmm. black coffee, mm-hmm. uh, and the omelet's cooked medium. And it's great. They do a fantastic omelet. Um, yeah, it's Odeon. Amazing regular ass restaurant. Then I came to work and I like literally two hours later had this gross butternut squash soup with Rachel. Uh And then I had two Reese's peanut butter cups, like the tiny ones um, that (laughs) someone brought to the office and put put in a bowl, sort of some gesture towards Mm -hmm. Halloween mirth. And I had a Cortado at Blue Bottle that took approximately 9,000 years to make. That sucked. No one Rachel waiting outside for me in the rain. So sorry. This is my public apology to you for for thank you bricking my order that hard, and then I went home and had what I have every night for dinner, which <laughs> is champagne and caviar. <laughs> I'm kidding. I had um, Chinese food leftovers, or you spot. ordered fresh? I ordered from my local spot. I went. I was I was on the phone you with went, a friend and I up. walked over, picked up um, some vegan noodles and mm. cucumber salad. That's really nice. Did you have like some ice cream or anything after that? Some herbal tea? Mm-hmm. I did have herbal tea, yeah. Before after, going to bed. Before bed. Mm-hmm. What kind? Mint? Licorice? Uh, chamomile mint? lavender. Very soothing, very yeah. relaxing. I don't cook at all. This You guys know this well, but I, I have literally like cooked once in my apartment. Can you yeah, fry it? I have like a tiny the like. pick and it was really fucked up. <laughs> well, okay, okay. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That was fucked up. I actually didn't cook that. My, my roommate Phil cooked oh, that. But it was sure. a beef stew. It was a delicious beef stew that um, maybe didn't look super uh, photogenic. <laughs> it sure didn't. Let's just say if Sam and Phil invite you over for a dinner party, um, maybe bring something. To eat. To yeah, eat. Eat, before. <laughs> eat before you go. Yeah, come over and just cook, cook yourself. Go to Wegmans cool. before and buy a beautiful bouquet of sliced deli meat. Pack your face with it. <laughs> uh, okay, Noah. All right. Are you guys... Okay. I hope you ate something really exciting yesterday. I kind of did, actually. Yesterday, I had one of my all-time favorite meals, which I'm going to end with because it was the last thing I ate. I had for breakfast kind of a baby... I had cereal with... Um, you had a baby? Jane made... No, sort of like a baby's breakfast because I had Cheerios <laughs> with... Your wife made you Cheerios? <laughs> no, no. She made granola. She makes this amazing homemade granola with millet. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. It's actually a, a ripoff of the granola they have at um, what's that brunch place in L.A. in Echo Park? Everybody Squirrel. loves Squirrel. Squirrel. So Squirrel has Squirrel. this amazing granola, and we make it at home. Earlier, this you get, these guys are both on their phones. I'm literally talking to no one right now. It sucks so bad. Sorry. You guys are just looking at Instagram. Tell I paid attention. I'm not Google. looking at Instagram. When, when you guys went. I was looking I was. at a tweet about you and your problems. Well, Jesus. <laughs> Let's talk about that later. When you guys went, I was engaged. I asked questions. I laughed at your jokes. All right. So I had the granola thing, which was actually really dope. I had the homemade granola with some Cheerios and some sliced apple from upstate New York because we bought like f- 60 pounds of apples. Jane went apple picking. Were you rocking with nut milk or No, so cow that's, milk? that's kind of an embarrassing thing. I had whole milk on it. No one drinks whole milk anymore. It's kind of gross to be honest, but it's what we have because we have a child and that's what children drink. But I would have. You guys are off the nut milk. I would have. No, I like, I like almond milk. Mostly I have almond milk, but we just didn't yeah. have any. I mean, we got it. 
Okay, so then what'd you Pretty have for weird. lunch? And I also oh. made a big Chemex pot of Cafe Bustello coffee. You know what Cafe Bustello is? Yes. It's like the Sea Town. It's the best coffee. I love it. And um, Great packaging. What, what is it? Sea Town. Cafe Bustello. Is it's it the just Sea Town coffee. No, it's not. Yeah. It's it comes it's, in it's a brick. It's it comes uh, in a brick yeah, yeah, or yeah. a can. It's a really iconic design, and it's just I just mean it's not uh, artisanal. It's okay. it's like Sea Town bottom shelf. Sick. Um, but it's great. Good I love it. Good for you. And then what did I do? I went to work, and uh, we went to lunch. And you idiots got butternut jizz soup, and I got a delicious bagel sandwich from Black Seed that was a toasted everything bagel with chicken salad. And they put onions on it, even though I asked for no onions, which always happens. Something bad always happens when you order from that place. Yeah. I don't know why. I did also get bacon on it, and it was very good. But it was huge. So I ate half at lunch, and I ate half later that day at my desk. And over the course of the day, I probably ate about a dozen Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> Where were you oh getting God. them? In the bowl that That's Sam why when mentioned. That's I, when I went to go grab one, there was like literally two left. Because no, I, wasn't, I was not the only one. No, that's not oh, true, but it's it. kind of true. I probably ate between 10 and 15 of them over the course of the entire day. That's crazy. Wow, Can that's you, do lot. you ever like eat a lot of things and imagine what it would be like if you just ate one, one combined? Big one? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I wish it was just one big like, combined Like what if one. you were told like, listen, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> instead of eating those like Chipotle burritos that you had like six times in your early 20s, yeah. you're just going to eat one Chipotle burrito that's the size of six. Yeah, but- Okay. Yeah. At once? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that's horrifying. <laughs> I don't like large foods. A lot of people like You're not like, a large format guy. No, not like at all. Foods. And a lot of people evaluate restaurants. This is kind of a um uh a pre uh food culture thing, but people would evaluate restaurants based on the portion size. Like big portions are equal good. Like yeah. oh, that restaurant's good, the portions are huge. That would be like a legitimate opinion about a restaurant. But Growing I'm up, not a big fan of large portions. Yeah. I think it's kind of gross. There's too much like room for error. There could be something in there. Might as well just get more things. But that leads me to my next meal, I think, which was I went to my favorite restaurant, maybe my favorite restaurant in New York. I went to Diner in Williamsburg, South Williamsburg, nice. and got a, sat at the bar and had two Presidentes and a cheeseburger with fries. Medium rare, medium? I get it medium. Nice. I probably could have gone medium rare. It does. It has pickled onions on it, which is part of oh, the reason I, I like it so that. much. And then at diner, they have like homemade, what seems to be like homemade ketchup. That's insanely good. I had a Long Island bar burger the other night. Those are also really so good. So good. Do you get a lady? I get a lady's burger. Yeah. Yes. You get the small one? Because I'm a lady. You're a real lady. I mean, hey. Which we is just... the, single, the single patty versus the double American burger. Yeah. Speaking of food, Grub Street were available and big portions. Sounds like Peter Luger is bad. Yeah, speaking of, but I'm starting to. So, Peter Luger, the famous New York, New York Peter Luger is on the same street as Diner. I walked by it with, a fr- with the friend oh I was God. eating with, and I thought, should we just go in there? There's probably nobody in there right now after this. I feel like actually, evisceration. Maybe more people are going mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Um, so. Who wrote it? Pete Wells? Yeah. Pete Wells, New York Times food critic who um, has gone viral multiple times, I think. The first time I recall is is, Guy is the review of Fieri. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri, friend of the show. Guy Fieri's um, 
friend of Rachel's wardrobe. Rachel and Guy Fieri have a very similar wardrobe. And uh, he opened that American Grill in Times Square, and uh, the Times did this incredible... Um, All questions. Of, yeah, sort of... Uh, satirical review was it satirical it was it was like a it wasn't satirical it was a real zany it was just all hilarious like have you seriously been to this restaurant did it ever occur to you that your awesome chicken tenders aren't very awesome yeah (laughs) have you guys been to peter luger's i have not no i never have either wow should we talk about this restaurant that none of us have been to? <laughs> Wait, I liked what you were saying yesterday, Noah. That's more interesting to me, which is like this r- extreme interest in food criticism. Like it seems like food yeah. criticism is still relevant in a way or like immediate in a way that other kinds of criticism are perhaps not. Yeah. I mean, obviously part of that is like what you were also saying earlier, which is that food is just like more important than ever. Like people feel like food is like a personal brand in some way. Right. I mean, f- there's so m- there's so many like m- more ways to eat now. Like you can have like a dis- your diet can be so distinct in the way that like your personal style choices can be. And I don't just mean like you can be vegan or you can be whatever, but like you can like how you choose to to spend money on food and where you choose to eat it. Like I feel like it used to be Food as a status thing used to just be like having the right reservation and sitting at the right table at the right restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you went to the Waverly and I always wondered at the Waverly, like where did you want to be sitting? In the in the back room or like in that middle part where there's like the booths? The middle part. But like it didn't matter really what you ate. You ate like a chicken pot pie and it was like, I I mean, it's a great chicken pot pie, but no one really gave a shit. Yeah. But now it's not just like where you're eating or where you're sitting. It's like specifically what your eating gets really wrapped up with like identity in a way that feels very uh and it's like you have to go to certain restaurants and there are like other restaurants that aren't cool yeah which is really weird so i sort of think as a result there's like a whole world of the worlds of food criticism somehow are like as urgent and relevant as like arts criticism I think more urgent and relevant. And Guy Fieri can write this like Peter Luger takedown that feel. P. Wells can write. This I mean, Peter what did <laughs> I say? The idea of Guy, Fieri, Guy Fieri writing <laughs> the Peter Luger takedown. Yeah, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Guy Fieri's the new chef at Peter Luger. That's what the story <laughs> is really about. But anyway, I mean, it was like someone, Sam, you pointed out that the Times had a push alert for the yeah. review. I'm sorry, but. It was a little too thirsty for you, you know. And they, I saw it. That? I saw it pop up as a sponsored tweet on my feed. <laughs> like, why? Did you guys see us shitting on this restaurant? But they do. This is probably a dumb question, but the Times push alerts are uh, regional. Like, I did that push do. alert go out nationwide? No way, right? I don't know. They, you can like sign up for like New York push alerts and like but national and politics. I don't yeah, think I ever I, signed up for any. I just get them. Um. I think it was, I think the push alert was like framed, uh, it, you know, the language was, I don't remember it exactly, but it was something like, it seemed like designed for a national audience. It was like Pete Wells dunks on a New York well, City because institution. Well, because most people who come to New York, like, and he points this out in yeah. his article, like most of the people who now eat there, it's a very tourist friendly establishment. So there are a ton of tourists who go there and yeah. people who come to New York who are like, oh, where do we eat? I've heard this place is famous. Yeah. I do think someone 
like Mary Choi said something that was like a little bit defending Peter Lugers, and then she was like, "This is Mary H. K. Choi, the writer," and she was like, "Anyway, everyone knows you go to Keens for the steak, which I also agree. I thought Keens was the place for steak in New York. Yeah. But anyway, um, the deal with Peter Luger basically is that the food's not so great, the quality's not great, the staff is kind of a bummer. It's cash only. The shrimp like tastes like latex. latex. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, there's a, some good stuff. I did feel like it was a little not quite like. There's a lot of detail in there about how he believes the meat isn't quite tasty enough, and I just sort of felt like, well, eh. I mean, it's a big hunk of beef, like. Like he was just kind of like other steakhouses have tastier beef these days. Yeah, it felt a little flimsy to me, but I respect it. And I've I've been hearing from, you know, people have been saying for a while now mm-hmm. that Peter Luger just isn't what it once was. Eddie Huang, the celebrity. Sh- okay. No, no, no. I want you to go. Um, just talk at the same time. Eddie Huang, the celebrity chef. Uh, wait, is he a chef or is he just like a critic? He's a food person. Food guy. The celebrity food guy um, wrote a, a pretty um, incensed blog spot response to Pete Wells' review, basically saying that the shitty service, the fact that it's cash only and expensive and like sort of poor, like the lighting's too bright and like the salads are bad is like the point and that it's like a, it's like a hallmark to like sort of old New York. And how restaurants like used to be and like the, and that it's really not a restaurant for people who don't go there all the time. Like it's a real regular spot. It's no, for it's friends not. and it's family. Filled with tourists. He, he, this was his argument. He does right? a really good. And he's saying that he doesn't metaphor. want, he doesn't want Peter Luger's to be like some fancy new, like perfect spotless joint. He wants it to be like Supreme in 2005. But I don't think that Pete Wells is advocating for it to be a spotless joint. Like right, he just wants not, it to be like yeah. good. Eddie's yeah. response is sort of imperfect, I think, in in that it's not really like point for point addressing yeah, yeah, the yeah, review. Yeah. It's like making a separate point that argues that Peter Luger's is good. Yeah. But he does say that Well, he opens by saying that it's the best steakhouse in New York. Yeah. Which I don't need who knows. He says if the Wells thing is like leaving a Yelp review in two thousand nineteen about the service at Supreme in two thousand five. And he says, or that the is service. the fucking brand. Or about the service at Supreme in 2019. If you read the Yelp reviews, they're amazing. He says, well, I really like this part that Eddie says, though, which is, why are you feigning in- ignorance about New-, New York service standards? It's how you doing cash only, no returns, next. Friends and family skip the line, and if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Find your family, and if if you want better service or return policies, or buy things on Farfetch, increase your carbon footprint, watch the world burn in a Palm Angels tracksuit, uh, you know, or when, whenever they say we're all going to die of contemporary men's fashion now. I don't get that point. But anyway, I thought that was pretty good. I just feel like everyone, and this is something that really like expresses itself in food culture people are nostalgic for a new york that just like never existed yeah or that they weren't like here for and i'm not saying he wasn't here for like 2005 supreme but i think a lot of things like with peter luger it's like maybe peter luger was like always kind of mediocre or maybe it was only slightly better than it is but also like there weren't i mean the standards of restaurants at the moment are just like obscenely high and impossible yeah, which sometimes I think is valid. People spend so much money on like food so casually in New York, you know? Like you're constantly just like going to like $100 meals and kind of 
getting something that's like ultimately super mediocre, but you just accept it to yeah, be what it really what whack. it is. But I do I don't know like I was saying diner like diner the Odeon to of New York's best restaurants are like they've been around forever. Diner's been around. I don't know. It was like the first Williamsburg restaurant, I yeah. think. And I don't know how long the Odeon has been around for, but they're just super consistent and they've been around for a long time doing what they do pretty well for like what feels like forever compared to other, you know, I love trendy restaurants too. What are your guys' favorite restaurants? Rachel. Uh, I don't really eat at trendy restaurants. I didn't say trendy restaurants. I said, what are your favorite restaurants? Okay, my favorite restaurants are Raul's in Soho. Nice. Emilio's Bellotto, uh, which is, I guess, in Nolita. Um, I guess I like Keen's Steakhouse, but there's an Upper East Side sort of really small steakhouse called Donahue's, yeah. which I really like. Um, and then Queen Restaurant in Brooklyn. And, you know, Balthazar is a great New York restaurant. Mm-hmm. Balthazar and Balthazar is interesting because it's, like, very Parisian in the sense that um, tourists and locals mingle there. Right, both. What w- Wasn't there a story this week about how millennials killed the power lunch? Yes. What was that? Yeah, it was a, a classic story. New York Post take by Steve Cuozzo. What was his p- point? The millennials don't eat lunch, or we don't. They're not we powerful. Like, that we have desk lunches or something, probably. Yeah, it was I like didn't did we have actually. desk lunches, and we don't have martinis. Oh. It was basically about another. Everyone I know has been drinking martinis heavily lately. Yeah, but at lunch, no, probably not. But martinis were a lot smaller then. Actually, <laughs> in, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I yeah, they are like fucking fish bowls now. When yeah, you see they a martini are. now, it's like a it's a, they used to be like glass. slightly s- larger than shot glass size. I don't know if you've seen the Nick and Nora movies, but th- they're I mean, no one could see, but it's like maybe two or three inches tall. Yeah, uh, right. Tall, and if you there are places that sell Nick and Nora martini glasses. I mean, you can get them at Crate and Barrel if you Google Nick and Nora martini glass. It just means it's smaller than like than an apple teeny glass. Yeah. So like a three martini lunch. You know, in like the heyday of the three martini lunch was like a one martini lunch now, basically. Yeah. That sounds so much more reasonable. I know. We should do that today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, on my second martini already. Wait, what are your favorite restaurants? My favorite restaurant right now that I've been going to quite frequently is Servos on Canal Street. Oh, that's a great little place. It's like, you know, it's... Like, I would say it's, like, definitely in, like, the trendy category, but I've never had to wait for a table. I've always just been able to drop in, um, and it does, like, it's sort of, like, this shared plates thing, but it's, like, the least pretentious version of that possible. Like, I fucking hate going to restaurants now, and I went to, um, uh, what's that restaurant in Brooklyn that everyone was, like, obsessed with for a minute? Uh, Olmstead, which was, a, it was, like, a, a fantastic meal. It was very, um tasty and like well executed and the service was great but it like it's very expensive and like everyone knows what the deal is there and the waitress like still came up and said okay so we do things a little different here you know i recommend like six to eight plates per person blah blah they'll come out when they're ready and i was like i was like look every restaurant is like this now you don't have to explain (laughs) the concept like this is like every new restaurant um and service is super not does not have that vibe and you're still ordering like a few plates per person They really do do things a little differently. It's the best spot to go for a weeknight dinner for two. What's your favorite thing to eat there? Uh, The skate wing. 
is like the dominant entree. Okay. Um, but the salads are really good and they have a beautiful like um, potato ham dish. That's kind of a nice little starter. Wow, that was an unexpected dish. It's like prosciutto. About. It's like prosciutto like wrapped around potato. It's like really That's weird. That's the kind of thing that they bring you like coated in slop yeah. at that, uh, that Spanish restaurant <laughs> on 13th Street. I don't know. You guys have never been to that no. place? I don't oh know my what God. you're talking about. It's a major uh, media world haunt. What's it called? Um, I don't know. I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. They also have fried shrimp heads, which are crazy. That's gnarly. And, I, in Japan, and, they were, I was eating a lot of whole shrimp, including yeah. the head. I didn't really like it that much. They're pretty good at service. And they have a they have a uh, vermouth service. What does that mean? Fantastic. It's uh, like you know, it's like nine dollars for a no. You like it's sort of like a DIY vermouth situation, and you can get it with on the rocks or straight or with soda, with an olive, with orange. You can get it red. You can get it white. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, what's my, your favorite? My favorite restaurant is Wegman's, the grocery <laughs> store that just opened. <laughs> just kidding, it's not. But um, I don't know. My favorite restaurant right now is Achilles Heel in Greenpoint. It's like a dark Achilles heel like dark bar with really excellent food. The food, the food, like the vibe of the food there and the service and everything is like very similar yeah. to service. So is it sort of a different menu? It's owned by like the Marlowe and Sons family. It's it's just always good and interesting. There's always a lot of different stuff there. I like being in there. They have cold Budweiser at the bar. Um, and that's like a, a major prerequisite for any uh, restaurant that Noah likes. Yeah, it is poorly ventilated in there, which is a little. It's like one of those places where your clothes smell strongly like food, and there's a wood burning oven in there, and it's it's a bit smoky. But it's cozy for this time of year. I don't go in the summer. My second favorite restaurant is Wawa, a hoagie at Wawa. Yes. Um, using the the computer generated hoagie machine. They don't Curator. have they don't have Wawas in New York, but um. Just just outside of New York in the beautiful state of New Jersey, they've got plenty Wawa's and PA and Delaware. And when I when I go that way for whatever, visiting people, skateboarding, whatever going, you're doing, partying in the Jersey Shore, always hit a Wawa's. Um, but this this Wegman situation, I just can't. I don't. I can't even wrap my head around it. Now everyone is mad because they don't have subs. like it's the biggest most important store opening of the last 10 years in new york but they don't have subs so it's a complete disaster or the subs are pre-made i i went to wegman's quite frequently at a certain time in my life when i lived upstate new york when i when i lived in ithaca oh because it's a western new york thing yeah it's like it started in rochester they don't have them in the capital district no, not at all. No, we went to Price Chopper and Grand Union. Price Chopper? Yeah. That's sick. That's a really <laughs> cool name. There was no Wegmans, uh, though. Wow. Weggies? What do you, yeah, I don't know. But Weg it just. Dogs. I had no, but I, when I, at the time when I like went to Wegmans, I had no idea that I was walking on holy ground. You Didn't know, there was nothing special. that, there was nothing that seemed It's just super, a normal grocery store. It's just like I think bigger than. You never got a Wegmans so assorted at the, at the no, deli no, counter? No. This is so fucked up. <laughs> that there is a suburban grocery store yeah. that opened in New York, and now there are so many suburban normies living in New York yeah. that they yeah. lined up with excitement to oh go my God. into the pre-dawn. Sub- it yeah. is, it is out the door, in the and rain. it happened on the same day yeah. that the Dean and DeLuca auction happened, yeah. where they're uh, they're standing in the Dean and DeLuca <laughs> Soho store, like auctioning off pots. Do you know anyone oh that God. went to that? Uh, my friend Annie went. Did she get anything? I don't know. I haven't checked. Uh, it. I should have gone and like grabbed some tote bags. 
I, I think they weren't selling the tote bag. Like they were selling, they were selling like, like the parts, the wax, like strip yeah. for parts, parts. Uh, what what happened? That's to, pretty fucking what, depressing. What's the what's the line on Dean and Deluca? Like what happened there? They just people they stopped well, going. Let me put it this way: a credit crisis. About a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, when I used to live very close to Dean and Deluca, mm-hmm. like kind of in Soho, and I was like, you know, I'm going to support my local business. I was having <sighs> some kind of like ladies brunch party, mm-hmm. and I wanted to serve pigs in a blanket, which, as you both know, is a signature at any of my yeah. dinner party gatherings. That's right. And so they, I went in and I was like, do you guys have pigs in a blanket? And they were like, oh yeah, totally. And I went to the frozen food <laughs> section and they had a box of 15 pigs in a blanket for $30. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, I know. What? Yeah. Did you buy them? No. Oh, damn. All right. Well, that's the story of Dean and DeLuca. <laughs> how come this? How come this year? This year we've gotten every like suburban middle American thing in New York. What, like, else? what else? The Mall of America opened in New Jersey. Okay. Oh yeah, and, and also Hudson River. Bay, Hudson is Yards, like, you know, yeah, Little Nordstrom. Dubai. The, the first Nordstrom opened. Well, I think Rachel's point is very real. You know, like New York continues to appeal to to the rest of the country, and eventually the demographic here will change enough that like the those are the we need institutions that will support them. I don't know why they didn't just go to Dean and DeLuca. I know. I don't, I mean, it was too expensive, I guess. Yeah, I guess Wegmans, also you get, you get real nice deals at Wegmans on uh, beautiful produce, fresh hams, meats. Big hams. I mean, I didn't actually realize it's been like, they announced it like four years ago and they just bulldozed like a row, a row <laughs> of like Civil War era homes to, to build yeah. it. That sucks. <laughs> I know, I know. That blows. I mean, obviously, that's the story of New York. It just keeps happening and has been for a really long time. But you still read it and you're like, what? Why don't they just put it somewhere else? Why don't they just knock down something new and shitty and leave the old cool stuff? Yeah, I agree. New York sucks. And we didn't even get a fresh sandwich deli out of it. No, that's the whole thing is you can't even get a fresh. (laughs) Damn it. You can't get a Wegmans assorted. Um, Man. This is the fine dining episode of Corporate Lunch. It's episode number 75 or, or three quarters of the way to 100. If you can just pledge a few more dollars to our Patreon, uh, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. DM Sam Hine. DM him. For, um, take a picture of your next meal and DM it to Sam Hine. Sam Hine loves food photos. He loves All right, them. but you better bring the heat. Don't like send me some, you know. Yeah, none of that barf gross, stew. Gross, homemade bullshit. I do. Um, Curate your plate. Curate your bowl, curate your plate. It wasn't that long ago experience. that we lived in an era. Like, there was a moment. Like, you know how um, Vine got overrun with porn and they had to shut it down? <laughs> there was, like, a moment where Is that why? Instagram <laughs> almost got overrun. Is that just your person? <laughs> that was my feed. Well, I think you're talking about, t- well, Tumblr. Tumblr, they banned. Well, Tumblr, yeah, also yeah. totally overrun with porn. Vine had a major porn problem because they didn't have the any rules. Whatever. I don't have to tell you guys about my vine habits. I don't have to <laughs> I don't have to explain myself to anyone. But Instagram almost tipped like t- hit that tipping point of just becoming like food feeds. Yeah, for a while yeah, yeah. everyone oh, just sure. yeah. took a Big picture feed feed. of every meal and I feel like fortunately like we've moved beyond that. Like there's been enough awareness of like those basic lifestyle um kind of habits 
that yeah. that that everyone is kind of aware to like not do that. Anymore. Well, now if you're like, now it's just people dancing on Instagram stories. Yeah. Well, now if you're if you're like serious about food photos, you just have your main account and then you have a food Instagram. I know plenty of people who have like oh, public food Instagrams where they just put all of their separate. bowls. I don't trust anyone that has more than one Instagram account unless one of them is a business that generates revenue. Yeah, I think you got to stick to your guns in the main feed. Yeah, just be yourself. If you're basic enough to want to take pictures of your meals and share them with people, like if that is how you want to identify and that's that's the person you want to be, be that person. And I mean, I am seeing I'll, a lot I'll of unfollow. I am seeing a lot of food and drinks in the uh in the stories. Really? Yeah, I don't it's see starting that to creep much. back. Who are you guys following? I don't know. I don't know. Who do you follow? I don't. I just follow a lot of like really sad, hot girls. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you and Sam Hines should switch feet. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that. Most expensive meal you've ever had. Do we really want to talk about that? That you've have, ever had or that you've ever paid? Finally, for? we hit the corporate lunch taboo. <laughs> <laughs> um. I've had I the best meal I've ever had in my life was probably the most expensive meal I've ever had, which was dinner at um Blue Hill Stone Barns in nice. upstate New York. My friend it's like got a, married there. Really? Yeah. I know someone that got married there too. Is it the same person? One, two, three say at the same time. Lawrence. Lydia. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um What did you eat? I I couldn't even tell you. It's like <laughs> 15 courses it goes on forever and don't they have insane bread it's super like interactive each one the the thing that's amazing about it and the reason i don't know if if for two people it's like a thousand bucks or something and i think like one way it kind of makes sense is when you see the size of the staff and like the the choreography of the like uh what do you call it isn't there a name the service like just the the way the there's runners there's just so many there's so many chefs and so many people working on the floor and they're all working in like beautiful tandem so like things are being removed and placed back down on the table like so effortlessly With great choreography yeah it's amazing and then each dish is presented like by the chef who made it so you you meet like 15 chefs over the course of the meal or something like that and they all they like take they're like for some courses they'll be like okay please like come with us and you get up from the table and you like walk through the kitchen and they Let take you, you outside of the <laughs> grill and like there's a guy at a grill who makes you a hot dog out of like made of beets and and using charcoal made of cow bones and like you hang out at the grill and eat this hot dog and then they bring you back to your table and uh it's unreal and you know it's the restaurant run by that kind of crazy guy Dan Barber who um is a pretty intense dude and kind of scary and what's known chef's... for his collaborative sweet green salad last summer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which what Fuck was the it? Coconut that? squash. <laughs> sweet green oh, wow. sucks butt. <laughs> yeah, sweet green sucks. Um, but uh, really anyway, bad. yeah, yeah, Blue Hill Stone Barns. I would go bad. back there anytime if I could get a reservation. If anybody has the plug, let me know. The most expensive meal I've ever had was at Alinea in Chicago. What happened? Which there? is Grant at Katz's, um, like tasting menu three hour death march experience um it was fucking good it's like it's like you know it's like per se level like tweezer food yeah um Foam and i think such. it was like 24 courses i was there for my um sister's 18th birthday damn thanks dad rachel have you ever had an expensive meal probably not <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> rachel's <laughs> It dip, 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 <laughs> bip, bip. 
sorry. We should talk about it in terms of like opportunity cost. Like, well, the most expensive meal was when I got really drunk at dinner and then missed my flight yeah. and got fired the next <laughs> yeah. day my yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, that meal cost me about $125,000. I was out of work for three years. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my car. I had to pay uh, the courts like $25,000. They repossessed my child. Yep. <laughs> Children don't get repossessed, but we get it. Should we talk about nightlife? Wait, Rachel has to tell oh, yeah, us some sorry. story about some meal she's had that's changed her life. I don't know if it changed my life, but probably the most expensive meal that I had. Oh, wait. Actually, I just thought of another one that was definitely more expensive than the other one. Once I was dating this guy who was an idiot, and he had this really bizarre Unlike friend. the guy you're currently dating who has nachos for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he had this friend who was like his dad's best friend. Um, who would like periodically materialize in New York. He was British and he used to run like the BBC or something. And <laughs> he took us out to eat at the Knickerbocker Club okay. um, in in New York. And uh, he ordered like the most expensive bottle of wine I've ever had, which was definitely like a thousand dollars. And then he made us all order like caviar courses and like foie gras and all this other horrible stuff. And mm -hmm. then he ordered a bottle of champagne. And on top of all of that, he brought with him his 17-year-old assistant, Jamee. Oh, <laughs> and Jamee and I are still friends to this day. Actually, she's one of the sad girls that I follow on Instagram, and sometimes we meet at the Carlisle for a drink. Wow, that nice. rules. Yeah. Is she still with that guy? Once in a while. Is she still the assistant? Once yeah. In a while. <laughs> yeah. For the meal? No, he called her my creative associate. I mean, that's a wow. pretty respectable title. Yeah. And the meal sounds pretty nice. Yeah, we sat in front of the fire until the club closed. Didn't they just ban foie gras in New York? Yeah, I think they did, actually. There was foie gras news this week. It was, what? Yeah, the New York Times sent another push notification about that. Are you serious? Yeah. You mean... Ra what's Rachel going to eat now? Rachel's fridge is full of foie gras. Feds <laughs> <laughs> are going to do a sweep. Damn, Rachel's son. Fridge. Well, another great restaurant is Four Horsemen in Williamsburg, right? Great it's restaurant. It's James Murphy's restaurant. Yeah. Is that the right way to put really it? Really good yeah. wine. And they just got a Michelin star, is that right? They did, yeah. And at Which is pretty cool for like a very tiny place that builds itself as a wine bar yeah. not a restaurant necessarily. I've been there just tw I always want to go there more I've been a couple times and it was always like really surprisingly excellent yeah surprisingly just because like you said it's like a wine bar and I never expect to like like I went there I don't know I went I there a few times without having food at all just only to drink and then yeah. started getting food and it's but it's they opened um, behind it in what used to be Larry Lawrence does anyone remember the nightclub the Williamsburg nightclub Larry Lawrence Nope. Someone does. And uh, they so they just opened a... I, to me, it's a nightclub, but I guess it's more of a coffee It's a, a coffee shop. It's a coffee shop that turns into a secret nightclub. I mean, I only went at night, so that's why I think that. But it's called Night... It's also called Night Moves. And they have well, like it's a, called Day Moves when it's open during the day. Oh, I get which it. Which is like kind of some hipster bullshit. But, but they have like a light-up dance floor and the biggest speakers I've ever seen in mm -hmm. my life hanging from the ceiling. Very nightclub-y to me. The speaker setup that they have is sick. It's like, I, I think James Murphy designed it, and the idea is that no matter where you are in the bar space, mm -hmm. the the sound level is the exact same. Yeah. Like, it's never louder or softer, and like, depending on where you are. We so went just to a fully party. enveloped in disco. Um, Sam and I went to a party the other night that Rachel refused to join us for. I can't remember why. I think she was eating foie gras with um, Jume. <laughs> yeah. 
Rachel and I have been going to um, public records oh, yeah. in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We should have, that's where the corporate lunch party should be. Yeah. Yes. Link up in the courtyard. It's um, filled with French people. Drink some orange wine number twos. Let's get that going. Let's get that popping. We're going to get some merch popping. We're going to get some parties popping. We're going to get, um, we're going to launch our ready to wear collection soon. Mm-hmm. And we're opening and a chain of sub restaurants called v- Wagman's. Yeah. Wagman's. And a fast casual restaurant called Slow Fancy. Yep. The Watch first out. two things that Noah said actually are true. What? That we're getting merch popping and that we should have a party. Yeah. Yeah. Those are real. Real facts. DM Sam Hine for details as always. Should we do some vibes? I ha- I don't have any vibes, but we can try. 13 Vibes. This is episode 75 of Corporate Lunch. As you know, as, you, um, as you've been on this journey with us to 75 episodes... Um, Sam, Rachel, and I, and Will, and, and Mobilaji, and the whole family are forever grateful. And we're going to now share 13 fabulous vibes with you. I'm going to have an aneurysm if Rachel does what I think she's going to do. Just kidding. She's going to share a vibe. Go! Diana Vreeland's lunch. <laughs> nice. is, oh, yeah. Which is what? Which is, uh, well, from this Who's Diane Vreeland? The legendary editor of Vogue. For what years? Um, the 60s into the early 70s and then she was like the chief curator at the Costume Institute. Anyways, um, when she was at Vogue, she had this incredible memo that was like passed down from assistant to assistant that said every day her assistant at like 11 a.m. should order lunch from William Pohl, which is still open, an Upper East Side like deli and catering place. And... There were five acceptable sandwiches, her favorite of which was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on white bread, and she would have that with a glass of whiskey on a small tray, and you were not to replate the lunch. You were just to leave it in the wax paper. Great vibe. My vibe is Fergus Henderson's cookbook. Fergus Henderson opened St. John in London. Uh, which was sort of the first, like, totally nose-to-tail restaurant, Ruder at least on the f- on the on the front end of that wave. And the cookbook is like, I, I mean, as I've said, I don't cook, I don't use the cookbook. I love reading it. It's all gr- all the food yeah. is like very gross. It's like lamb brains and shit like that. Yeah. But the act, but the style <laughs> of writing is quite funny, and um, it's written for people who are not afraid of cooking and not afraid of food, which I, I you know, I would like to be uh confident enough to cook like that and there's very little there's very little you know uh real tips on you know how to measure things the timing it's just all about feeling so it's like you know put the onions in the olive oil and and then add the mushrooms and let them get to know each other (laughs) and then it's like you just kind of like you know like whatever that means to you you'll be you'll like figure it out anthony bourdain's cookbooks are written in that style and um yeah bourdain wrote the um wrote the forward for this um for the the new edition of this book um which came out in like 2004 and he says that saint john is his favorite restaurant in the world and i'm going in two weeks you are yeah i'll report back 
Wait, what what are your dates in London? The tenth to the seventeenth. I think I'm gonna be there. Sick. Yes. We're gonna hang. Yo, come to St. John on Friday. Let's go! Everybody's coming. <laughs> Right, My I'm- vibe is um I it's a serious food addiction I have right now which is the the um vegan pizzas at Polly G's new slice shop in Greenpoint. Um he Polly G had this like wood fired wood fried what do you call it wood fried pizza wood fired pizza uh spot whatever. Polly G's is this hot pizza spot and he opened this like old-timey slice joint and he has these vegan pizzas that are amazing and this square it's called the freddie prince and you get it square and it has like a sesame crust and beyond wow. meat sausage and i can't stop eating it like all the time they have the hottest oven it comes out so hot and crispy on the bottom sick so see you guys in london corporate lunch world tour is kicking off see what- you guys out there on halloween at the garden Sam and I are going to Dead & Co. tonight. Spooktacular. Wish us luck. Rachel's going trick-or-treating. We'll see you guys on the other side. Bye.